Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike, and I am sitting in one of the upstairs bedrooms of my home, and I have my Bible open to Romans chapter 8. Sherry and I just got back from my folks' new home. They just bought a home just a couple miles down the road from us, and we're excited that they're going to be moving up to the area here soon. Um, they haven't moved up yet, um, but they've taken possession of the house. So we uh, went over there in order to help clean the place up before they move up. And um, so we went there with our um, cleaning supplies and those valuable Clorox wipes um, to, to go through all the drawers and cabinets and just uh, clean all the surfaces. And when we walked in, we were actually very pleased to see that the place looked clean. It looked uh, immaculate. They'd done a great job of cleaning the place out. So we thought this was going to be easy. We took our cleaning supplies and went into different rooms and um, began opening drawers and cabinets. And while we found that most of them were empty, um, we came across some drawers that were full of stuff. You know, I opened a drawer and there was all kinds of papers and another drawer there was all kinds of band-aids and different stuff and so we began to clean out the drawers and sterilize all the surfaces and it was interesting by the time we finished in a house that on the surface seemed immaculately clean we ended up hauling about three full bags of trash out of that place and I thought of that this I thought this was a an excellent illustration of what Paul is talking about here in Romans chapter 8 and I like to read that starting in verse 9 you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. I couldn't help to notice how many times in just those three verses it talks about the Spirit who lives in you. Where if we belong to Christ, the Spirit lives in us. Yet what about all of these other characteristics that come along with the presence of the Spirit in us? us being controlled by the Spirit, the life that it talks about in verses 10 and 11, that transformation that takes place because of the Spirit of God who lives in us. Do those things happen automatically? I think our experience would tell us, no, they do not. So what is Paul talking about? when he says, if the Spirit of God lives in your heart. He's not just talking about the Spirit of God being present in our heart, but he's asking the question, is the Spirit of God at home in your heart? Is he welcome in every part of your heart, in every part of your life? Previously, we spoke of um, removing the veil and getting real before God, exchanging a facade for freedom. This passage brings us to the next level of deep cleaning, if you would. We all have rooms or drawers or cabinets 
that we want to remain closed. We know these dark places bring no life, and yet we don't want to throw them open to God or to anyone else. There was a woman who was telling a group of us at church um, one evening the story of a time when her son was very young. He, he was walking, but he was still a young boy. And she had left him in a room to play and was doing something else. And she went up to go check on him to see how he was doing. And he wasn't there. And so she began to look around and he was nowhere to be found. So she went room to room throughout the whole house, calling his name, nowhere to be found. Now the anxiety level was going up, so she grabbed several of her other kids and said, come help me look for your brother. And they began to go room to room through everything, trying to find um, the son, trying to find this young boy. And they still couldn't find him. Now panic was starting to set in. They thought maybe he wandered outside and he, was, he made it to the road or was wandered into the woods. So they went out and began to look all around their property and still nowhere. They grabbed the neighbors and said, would you help us find him? And, and, and they began to look all around the adjoining properties and still nowhere to be found. So now just total panic was set in. So she called the police. And now when the police came and she described the situation, uh, the first thing the police said is, ma'am, that we need to now conduct a very thorough search of your house. And she said, well, I've, I've already searched the house. And, and they said, well, we have, to, we have to search it ourselves first. And she had to admit at that moment there was some trepidation that if somebody in authority says, I want to do a thorough search of your house, often our first reaction is, well, wait a minute. I don't really want somebody looking through every part of my house like that. But at this point, she was so desperate to find her son that she really didn't think for a second about it. She just said, yes, do what you've got to do. Search the house. So it wasn't long before one of the officers had gone upstairs and, and opened the closet door and found a pile of laundry that had just um, come out of the dryer. And this boy had gone in there and um, curled up in this warm laundry and pulled it on top of himself and fallen asleep and taken a nap. And so much relief um, flooded um, this woman's heart. And this just made me think, how desperate are we for life? Are we desperate enough to open every drawer, every cabinet, every room, and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. David finally got to the point in his life where he was just tired of dead works. And we see his prayer in Psalm 32. And I'd like to read that because it's an amazing prayer. David says this, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. 
Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely, when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. As we pray now before God, let's echo David's prayer and throw open the door of our heart and say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Be at home in every part of my heart. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus said to the church, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would open the door to me, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. As we do that today, may we then experience that which is described by Paul in Romans 8.11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Amen.